was eating junk. I had just had two children back to back. I used to not be able to get on the ground. I never, ever daily exercise. Before, if I'd get down, I'd need a chair or something to help me get back up. I was 84 pounds heavier at one time. I was always a big dude, but I couldn't move around. That all changed when they met Diamond Dallas Page. I started doing yoga, man. I started doing a thing called DDP yoga. It's Nacho Mama's yoga. WCW heavyweight champion, known for his signature move, the Diamond Cutter. Diamond Cutter! took what he learned recovering from an injury and years in the ring and created DDP Yoga. Working out combined with the eating habits, it was a huge difference. I felt so much better. It's a lot of fun for me because I never used to be able to be active. Now I'm, I'm on the floor, I'm rolling around, it's pretty cool. More than importantly, I just want to be alive. I'm down about 110 pounds. DDP Yoga can work for anyone. DDP. DDP Radio. Well, hello, my fellow DDP Yoga Warriors. What is happening? It is Wednesday night. We are broadcasting live from the DDP Radio Megaplex, where I currently reside. Megaplex, south, uh, I don't even know where we are, kind of uh, southeast, I guess. I don't think it's northeast. (laughs) I'm so used to being in Hampshire, so it's northeast. So this is the southeast region of the DDP Radio Megaplex, and of course, up at our Canadian headquarters is my co-host. Um, currently, uh, she is uh, having a uh, chugging contest between Rick Moranis <laughs> and uh, the ghost of John Candy, so uh, congratulations on, on the party happening over there tonight. So, Crystal Stewart, how are you? <laughs> I'm chugging maple syrup, so we're all good. Uh, I'm good, well, thank you. Well, that's... <laughs> That's that's good. That is the national Canadian beverage. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> there, I know. How this, are you? This is probably old. I know this is probably old news to you people in Can- Can- Canada. I always say that Canada. <laughs> but did you, there was a thing on Netflix. They're uh, they called Dirty Money, where they go over these like big financial crimes. They're kind of a docu series, <laughs> and there was this great yep. Canadian maple syrup heist. And you, we laugh about it, but they made millions and millions of dollars off of uh, yeah. hijacking maple syrup spots. It's crazy. <laughs> that stuff, that stuff is like liquid gold business. up there. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> so, how are you? Um, I'm cold, but I'm good. I mean, it's yeah. really no surprise considering where I am and what's happening right now. So, yeah, no. And what's happening? Yeah. Are completely underwater now? Uh, snowstorm. Frozen water, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, you got yes. a storm up there, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's um. So for the last couple of days, it's been snow squalls and, you know, it's, I don't know. Rain's no fun when you oh, have to shovel it. No, no, definitely not. Just it's so crazy. Right? We've been down here in, in, in North Carolina for over four years now, and I'm a New England boy, born in Boston and, and, and moved to New Hampshire as a, as a teen. And uh, so I'm used to those cold winters, and we've come here to Raleigh. And in the four short years, we've just been so desensitized to, like, yeah. uh, any kind of cold weather to the point where we can't even, like, I mean, we're just any kind of drop in temperature. We're getting our shawls out and our uh, – <laughs> 
we were so we become such like wusses when it comes to like the, the cold. I can't even handle it at all anymore. Um, we've really See, kind of adapted was, to that Carolina weather quickly. Yeah, it was weird when I went to um, Summit. It was really cold here, but when I landed in Georgia, it was 66 degrees. So I thought I had just gone to heaven. I thought, holy cow, <laughs> it was wonderful. I mean, it was weather in here. It was definitely still, you know, hoodies and coats and, you know, bundled up. But on the flip side of that, when I left Georgia and flew back into Toronto, oh, boy, it was cold. <laughs> Yeah, that that's always the hot. We um, we uh, it's it's weird the weather we get. Sometimes it'll dip like it'll be freezing. Like it hit freezing a couple times last week here, and then I was looking at my timeline, my Facebook timeline, and around December first, two years ago, Katie and I decided to go to Wilmington Beach, and we're there in our shorts and sleeves in, in December. So it's kind of a crapshoot wow. when it comes down to that stuff. So yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah, we just. We just heard here on the weather, and they've been saying it a couple of times over the weather network here, that the coldest it's supposed to hit this winter is minus 45. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you can keep that above the border. We're good with that. Uh, what, you don't want um, me to share? Uh, unless you, you you drizzle some uh, some uh, flavoring on those maples and hand them down, and, you know, <laughs> we're, we're we're good. Some of that maple syrup, maple yeah, there we go. <laughs> Organic, gluten free, uh, yep. maple syrup, of course. Um, yes, of course. <laughs> uh, first things first, I do want to uh, send out some love to to uh, for uh, some people, specifically California right now, who is going through those crazy, crazy, horrific Absolutely. As yeah. well as the people who were the, the victims of, of the borderline shooting um, last week, which was just horrendous. And, and that hit home for me um, personally. When I first went out to California back in 2003, um, I was brought out there to, to do the birthday parties for Dizzy Reed and Guns N' Roses, who I'd been friendly with and going on tour. And we had his 40th birthday party there at the borderline. It was more of an 80s bar than a country bar back then. But I sat on stage in my Chippendales outfit and shoved a piece of cake in your face. And, <laughs> man, it really hits, it, it, it hits home more so when, you're, when, you, when you walked the floors of the place where those tragedies happened. It really kind of brings it into perspective. Yeah. And how just any night, you know, life has that ability to bring you to your knees. So anyone who's suffering from, from the pain and, of that situation and the horrendous uh, wildfire situation in California. It's becoming a humanitarian crisis. There's people desperate for refuge and, and help. So um, honestly, we give our, our best to them and uh, anything you guys, you know, can give, you know, the Red Cross is obviously uh, the way to go for, for reputable um, organizations and stuff, but a lot of love. There's a lot of negativity around the world and this isn't a good thing, but I think in these situations where we just all get so desperate, uh, humanitarian uh, human, human beings really step up, and I know that a lot of people in this community, the DDP yoga community, DPY community, are great, amazing people, and and I think the best of us, you know, shines in these kind of moments. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's um, it's really been something to watch. Just everything that goes on. I mean, it's so. It doesn't seem real when you turn on the news and you see the footage that comes through on the news. It just doesn't seem real. It seems like a movie. 
and you know we saw footage here of people driving through wildfires and and wow i mean it must be so incredibly horrifying certainly yeah, with everyone yeah, the, yeah the, that footage is, is unbelievable i can't i can't imagine and you know, when, when you're walking, when you're trying to escape those situations, you really realize what matters most. And then hopefully, you, like they've been saying, everything with a heartbeat gets out of there, you know. Yeah, be replaced. But, you know, and one thing, you know, it kind of brings the best out in people, too, is, you know, it's been very politically uh, divisive here in the United States. So I, I don't know how much you heard over there, but it's been kind of ugly over here, a lot of uh, – you know, bipartisan bickering and stuff, and it's it's kind of been um, humbling to see so many people care for each other and kind of put all that divisiveness aside. And just in California, so many people of all you know demographics have stepped up and kind of raised the bar and tried to help each other. So there is it is kind of uh, humbling, and it's nice to see the humanity kind of emerge. And I think we do become our best selves under extreme adversity, not just our own adversity. But I think we human beings are genuinely and generally good people. I think people are genuinely inherently good. And I think when true human suffering is being, uh, you know, visually, you know, experienced, I think we ultimately are kind of compelled to help out. And I think that's an important part to hold on to in all of this chaos and divisiveness. Is beneath it all, there's still a humanity among us. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I, I think, you know, it's in moments that seem all too frequent lately, I mean, it, it seems that it really has the ability to trip um, everyone up and, you know, they get caught up in the argument or whatever. But, you know, I don't think that we can ever really forget that you know, don't forget your empathy. I mean, you know, you put yourself in somebody else's shoes and then, you know, you realize that you really don't want to be there. <laughs> so, I mean, mm-hmm. it's important to not forget that we all have the ability to help even a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yep. I 100% agree. And it's also humbling to think no matter how well off you are too, no matter how well you think you have it, life can bring you to your knees in an instant. And I think those people who reach out in those hard times often get it back tenfold. And I think at some time or another in all of our lives, we're going to need somebody to be there for us. And, you know, they they say we can reap what you sow. So I think that's a good message is just be decent to each other. And uh, when it comes back around, you're going to need someone to be there for you. Uh, Bill and Ted, be excellent to each other. (laughs) Right? I was just going to (laughs) say, be excellent. (laughs) Uh, So, sorry to to start off on that down note, but uh, I think that is important to talk about because we are such a diverse group of of people here in this community. Sure we are. You know, we've talked about it before, how so many of us, you know, leave that kind of divisiveness at the door to come together under the DVP Yoga banner and you know, you talk to people, even people you don't agree with or people you may, you know, if you have nothing in common with online, you get to the performance center, you get to a workshop or you get to a live workout or a wrestling show where we're all congregating or a cruise or a retreat or whatever it may be. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm guilty of this. You'll see somebody new pop up and you'll kind of look at them and like, eh, I probably wouldn't relate much to that person. And you do that. You know, that's instinctive with human beings. You judge, look at their music taste, their movie taste, and then you get in front of the person and you realize that you guys have a connection, a human connection. 
And I think uh, so many people in the DDP yoga community, I may have cast off at first. And when you're standing in front of them, you become, you really kind of just appreciate your similarities and your, your, your ability to connect on a human level. There's people that I, I've never met that I had become friends with. And then you get in front of them and you realize, you know, I have this connection with them. And I think that's awesome that you have that online connection with people as well as that um, face-to-face connection when you finally meet somebody yeah. that you've been talking to for a while. And I know Crystal had that at the Performance Center um, when you went down uh-huh. to the summit and stuff with everyone, basically. You're like you're the governor of DDP, uh, DDP Yoga. DDP oh, I'm not even. I'm so bad at that. <laughs> Uh, no, but um, it is. You know, you really, you really are. It's so weird when you meet someone like that because you feel like you've known them for so long. And uh, I know that I, I just put two and two together that I've never met you, and it doesn't seem possible because we talk every week. And when you actually no. think, right, you've never been in the same room. That's crazy. Right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I know you like the back of my hand because we're always goofing off and we're always working and we're always, you know, talking and, but it was really kind of, it was a surreal moment for me to go to the, to the PC. It was really something. And what a lot of people don't know is before I even stepped foot in the building, I was with Mike and Tiffany and they picked me up at the airport and took me before I even stepped in the building. I stood outside and cried. I actually did because I was so overwhelmed and I was so excited and I just couldn't believe, you know, that I was going to have the opportunity to meet so many people that I've come to care about and I've come to know. And I mean, this is, you know, this is part of what we do and who we are. And it was really, it was really something. And I mean, when I saw Hayden, I, I cried. I just, I cried. Because you you put yourself out there and you get to know these people. And, I mean, Hayden sits on a throne. I mean, how could you not be overwhelmed? <laughs> uh, no, no. Uh, man, I miss him. I, I hope he gets around back in down here to, to visit soon. Um, but, you know, you, you said it perfectly. And, you know, you were one of those situations that, like, we had on the last show, the Christmas show, I think it was, where Paige sprung it on you and he's bringing you down there for, for to get down there. Because, like, you know, like anybody else, yeah. you know, you've got two kids. They, no one has a billion dollars to go just drop everything what they're doing and go run down there. And just to have him kind of come on here and say, we want you to come down here, that was so cool because he singled you out, which – is special because that was a direct uh, acknowledgement of what you mean to the company and what you mean to everyone here. And I think that was pretty cool. And nobody has uh, more deserved <laughs> that than you because uh, you really are. Well, thank you. You have this ability to, to, to know everybody. And it sounds, it sounds kind of um, uh, hyperbolic, if you will, but you know everybody. <laughs> it's crazy because you just you, I know you a do. lot of people. I'm so bad at that. With the community, you just really ingrain yourself. And I'm the opposite. Sometimes I pull away from large groups of communities and stuff because it's overwhelming. But you are so good in just connecting with people and make them feel feel special and stuff. And, and that's awesome because everyone – I said that I felt like I know you, but everyone feels like they know you. You're just crystal and you're always around. 
Yeah, I'm just this crazy connect with a weird voice. And, you know, yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean, honestly, when I went down there, I think the most overwhelming I I probably got was before I even got into the building. And then when I saw Yoga Docs, and then when I saw Hayden and Dallas, of course. But, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of a, it's weird. I, I don't know. To me, it it was a weird feeling to know what being in that bubble feels like, it, you know, because usually I'm mm-hmm. stuck way the heck up here, and there's nobody around. So to be in the presence of absolutely everybody was really kind of a weird thing for me. But, yeah, I, for the most part, don't like being centered out at all. So it was kind of a weird situation for me to be in. (laughs) And, I mean, I cried a lot when I went to Georgia, mostly by myself. But, you know, yeah, it was was an overwhelming experience. It was a fantastic experience. And I think if anyone has the chance, if you're listening and, you know, you're kind of kicking the can about making the trip down there, go. Don't even hesitate. Book book your time to go and go because it really is one of one of the best things I've ever done. No, and for sure. And you know, I know a lot of people who have done the DDPO that have made that performance center a uh, a destination point. I know that they're actually doing the they're renting out uh, the old accountability crib now. I don't know if you saw yeah. that video online. Yeah. That was that was pretty hilarious. But there's there actually you know there's so many people that are just like, you know, making it a vacation. Like we're going to go to the PC. We're going to get some workouts in. We're going to go harass Garrett and Dylan and, and bother them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it really has just become this cool little, little kind of little joint for some DPO those crazy maniacs to kind of just get to it. So it's like the Disney world for, uh, for the hangers and bangers. So uh, it really is just, it's an amazing place. And, and uh, you know, you wonder, um, is there, is 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 it worth to take the family or whatever? Go down there, go go get some workouts yeah. in during the day. Go hit Atlanta. There's so much to do at night. You know, there's such a cool place, and, and it really is just a just a really cool um, kind of destination point for us crazy cats that like to do this thing called uh, GDPY. And I got to tell you, I'm having the worst time transitioning to the name. So I'm gonna Dallas will murder me if he hears me say DDP Yoga many times because we're trying to get the GDPY. <laughs> name over but um you know in people's heads and i'm just so bad at that transitioning to the to the new name so i apologize ahead of time also like to apologize is this show has nothing planned whatsoever as you can probably tell right now but we had a guest we were going to try to get on here sarah yep um yep that couldn't make it and uh so we're like well do we pull the plug tonight or we try to just go on you and i and ramble and i said oh crystal if there's something you and i can do it's ramble so That's we right. apologize That's if, right. this, um, <laughs> if this show is a little bit uh, off the wall or, or lacking any direction. But usually, when you and I get here, get on here and just shoot the shit, it becomes the best, uh, the best of shows, anyway. So uh, I'm sure we'll have some fun. Absolutely, absolutely. But um, and another thing, we I'm... have. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> no, no, no. Go, go ahead. I was just. I was just going to say one of. One of the best things about going to the PC is that Dallas, you know, and his friends, I mean, are incredibly, you know, they're very accessible. So, 
you know, you get to meet some amazing people that you may not have ever thought you would meet. And, and, you know, yeah, I, I had the time of my life down there. Once I settled myself down and actually, you know, started to realize what was around me. And I mean, all those relationships that you forge online are just taken to a whole new level now because now you have something to associate with. No, I mean, I, I, 100%. And like you said, you kind of have to take a few days to just get your foot back, feet back on the ground. You're floating above the whole place the whole time. Oh, it's, uh, like the first time totally. going to Disney World. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think we have uh, Travis. If I recognize this uh-huh. number, it might not be. Um, let me see. Travis. So, so the low point you were talking about was that what you're, was that the Chippendales thing where you're feeding Cape? Because you know I had chicken soup. Keyword here being had. Uh, it, it's really hard to, to, going, to talk about the. It's really hard to talk about the weight, the weight and the gravity of a horrific situation when also trying to pair it with the visual of me doing a Chippendales on stage. So I apologize. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta have you gotta have some levity in. Oh, I know that's cool, man. That's cool. How are you, man? Oh, I'm doing all. I'm doing all right. You know, I I heard the siren call of you know. It's always this time of year where, you know, you have a lot of stuff happening and you know that you get you get overwhelmed with everything mm-hmm. with you know yeah with our yep. with our political yep. climate with shootings with fires with you know just normal day to day life and, and um I don't know about you for me I you know I'm, I'm going to speak personally that you know a lot of times I you know I I've, I've been doing a lot of my stuff I'm still teaching classes whatever else but I tend to when that happens for me I really tend to be just head down Working my stuff and and everything becomes everything becomes just head down. You know, you know, bring your head up and look around you and be aware of the people around you and try to connect with people again. Um, you know, I haven't done a whole lot as far as posting on you know on on the YouTube on that YouTube on on the Facebook groups or whatever else. I do it once in a while, but. You know, I've been kind of, I kind of backed away a little bit and just kind of worked on my own stuff. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but, um, you know, we have this tendency when things go bad to kind of, some of us just kind of turtle in a little bit. What do you think? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. No, no, for, for sure, man. Um, yeah. You know, uh, you, you know, obviously we, I, we've all been through those moments and, Sometimes, you know, things get so ugly in, in the social media world and even not even in the DDP yoga community, but you kind of have to just turn it all off. And I really realized over the past few years how important just human connection is. And I know I, I'm probably an old man for saying this, but being on social media down here and being down in North Carolina as a, as a you know, moving down here, not knowing anybody, got Katie's friends, you know, Katie's family's down here, but all my friends are up north. So you depend so much on that social media for kind of any kind of human interactivity, but then it also just it doesn't filter out all the ugliness. So it kind of brings you into this sinkhole, and you kind of really need to get out and kind of appreciate the how how much the real world is not like that all the time. People aren't as ugly on the real world, 
And I think it's very important True. to kind of get touched back with reality once in a while and get off the sites and the message boards and just be human, have human connections, have human, you know, like you said, Travis, in the moment, you know, really kind of just take in the moment, experience the moment, not through a cell phone lens or a computer screen. I think it's so much, uh, there's so much uh, currency in just disconnecting and kind of just getting back to the real world. Right. And I'll take it one step further for you guys is that, you know, in in, in if you're if you feel like you're trilling in, you need to you feel like you want to try to reconnect a little bit. Don't just don't just go out and just start being with people. But you know, when Dallas always says, you know, you're gonna have anything you want so long as you help other people get what they want. Yep. You know, look, look for those opportunities to reach out to people. And and lend a hand. It, it doesn't have to be anything big, magnanimous, or whatever the case is. It can be as simple as you know, holding a door for somebody, helping with somebody's groceries, um, just yeah. being in ear yeah. to, to talk to people, or you know, just looking for looking for some way to be that person to step up for somebody. You know, and I think if we were to Focus a little bit more on that and a little less on the, all the hype and outrage and psychobabble and whatever. I think, uh, you know, maybe it's just the kind of the old, you know, the old hippie in me or whatever else, but I think the world would be a little bit of a nicer place to be. I of course, no, I'm getting for... again, I can't be because my hairs are too short, but that, 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 that's beside the point. <laughs> no, for sure, man. You know, the problem, the problem with I find online and the way people handle themselves online is everyone's got the answers. You know, everyone's got an opinion. But meanwhile, no one's out there on the streets doing the work. And I think that, you know, I think that if people just shut their mouths about what everyone else should do and just went out and cleaned out their own yard, you know, did something good on their own street. You know, be good to somebody you know, or, or go out there and be some be decent in, as a human being to another human being. You know, a lot of us talk big about uh, about uh, charity and kind of how uh, you know uh, pure and good we are, but we, you know we do it from the for the computer screen. And when it comes to hitting the streets, you know, I think a lot of people of us could uh, benefit. The world could benefit if we all just went out in our own, our own yard and did something decent. And, um, you know, a lot of times we have a skill here. There's so many people here who are in the DPO of the universe who are, you know, certified DPO instructors or certified health instructors or, or, or certified nutritionists. And just, you know, something, there's so much that can be done that's good from just those three, you know, uh, life skills. You can just go out that in your community and, there are people, you know, whether it's paid or whether it's volunteer work or whatever it may be, there are people that can benefit from, from that kind of uh, that kind of work. And if you just go out there and hustle a little bit, find people that could use it, find places in your community where you can do things like this. I think that's it's a huge positive way that you can kind of just spread good cheer and good goodwill in your own community, but also through the DDP Yoga branch, you know, do something decent. Yep. When you can be the inspiration for somebody else, you can and you keep on striving to be the inspirations for be the inspiration for somebody else by helping them up or whatever the case is. You you in turn you help inspire inspire yourself to take that next step to take that to drive a little bit further to get up a little bit earlier to to do do all these things that you've been kind of 
pushing on the backside of things. And believe me, this is more of no, a you, you lost me again earlier. <laughs> well, you lost me again up early. <laughs> I said, no, I said no, earlier, early to be at half the old man. No, I'm just kidding, man. Whatever. So then, Mike, one thing we haven't really heard recently here, I wanted to hear about at least, is, you know, since Dallas called you out here, what was it, back in April or whatever? So how's mm-hmm. your how's your, how's your journey been going there? How's your workouts been doing? Awesome. Um I haven't gotten into it a whole lot on the show. I dealt with some health problems the past year, and I've been dealing uh, – I got treatment. And part of the problem was okay. I was so scared to get go to the doctor and get shit figured out consistently. My dad has been – five years now has been in and out of the doctor's office. Just And I was just like, I'm not going to live that life. And I was dealing with some stuff that was kind of just kind of nervous and scary. And when Paige called and kind of put me in my place, and then we talked after my wedding – um, I've lost 65 pounds since my wedding on May 5th, and uh, it's Wait, not. It's not uh, Congratulations! And, oh, thank you, man. I'm really thrilled, and you know, it's starting to get to the point, and it is a vanity thing. I know there's more things than than just the way I love, but you're you get to the point where people start talking to you and say, "Hey, you look great, man. You lost weight again. Hey, you look good." And you know, as much as I say it's not about that, that feels feels pretty good when people acknowledge that you know you're working hard and you're, you're doing well and you know, Katie's crushing it, and Katie's mom has lost, like, I think 70 pounds. Um, so we're all just in this Holy little cow. bubble down here. Wow. We're, we're working hard, and we're, we're crushing it. So it's really, really good. And Katie's mom, That's awesome. Awesome. Katie's mom yeah. had, a, had, a, had a surgery a couple uh, of, about a month ago, and her, her knee, she had hurt her knee a while back, and it was bad again. And she kind of always poo-pooed the DDP yoga since I've known her. And I got her the app, and she had been doing the workouts from her chair, as limited as she could be with her knee problem. And now she says she's on board, so I kind of laugh and just make fun of her. I'm like, so what's that? And she's, she's like, she's totally on board now. After, after all these years of knowing her, I finally got her to crack, and, and she started the DDP yoga, and she's crushing it. There you go. So awesome. So, That's yeah, fantastic. it is. It's, it's good. And you know what? I, I so avoided dealing with it for so long because I felt so shitty. And I just felt so shitty. And then I was nervous because whenever I get, like, really nervous about something, my instinct is to just ignore it. Like, it's so weird. But if I'm really scared, the only way I can deal with it on a daily basis is put it out of my head. So I avoided getting the medication. I avoided getting treated and stuff like that. And meanwhile, I ended up doing more harm to myself by not getting treated. And then... I realized once I did get treated, like, all this wasted time that I had not dealing with it, you know, when I could have been through all this shit. Like, my thyroid levels were at the point when I went to the doctor finally that my doctor said my thyroid uh, levels were so low that I was at the risk of having a uh, acute heart failure. Just my heart starts going to heart failure. I was that bad off. And I was coughing for 10 months, just nonstop coughing. And finally, I just got kind of pushed into the doctor's office from Katie, and I realized how stupid I was for putting it off for so long. So now that I'm kind of dealing with it, you know, things are really kind of clicking into place. And, you know, and, you know, it sounds like cliche because we're on DDP Radio talking about it, but the entire catalyst from this was being called up by Paige, being put on the spot by someone you respect, 
and not accepting mm-hmm. your BS excuses. And um, there you go. Me, you know, last Christmas, I remember it very well. He called me and he yelled at me and he yelled at Katie on the phone with me there to tell her to get me in shape and stuff. So it really was that kind of eye opener that you needed. Oh yeah, and that's and that's great. I love I love hearing that, Mike. Because I always think about you. I always think about you know what's Mike doing. But you know, on the other side, you don't want to be you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be that pushy. So, Mike, are you doing your workouts? Are you doing this? Are you doing this? You know, because that doesn't really help anything. That adds adds to the anxiety uh, more than mm-hmm. it does really help anything. Um, so, and, and you touched on something where you 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 you, know, you fear fear results. So you kind of you kind of put your head down and kind of avoid it to and maybe you know in the hopes that it will go away. And there's this song by Papa Roach that's yeah, literally right. called "Fear." You know what I'm talking about? Face everything and rise. It's rise. So yep. Whenever I got whenever I get that fear thing going on there, I put on "Face Everything and Rise." So rise. When you got that fear, whatever else there, and anybody out there is, you know, you got that fear of the unknown, fear of the whatever. Use that fear, face everything, and rise. Yeah. Nope. Well, let's, yeah. You know, let's take it from me. It's easier than just ignoring it. <laughs> In the long run, it always <laughs> is. You know. And I think it's and, really uh, important too. Because we all, I mean, we all know Dallas, but it's a great thing to have him in your corner because he ultimately will always be the person to call you out on your shit. Nope. nope. He's not afraid of doing that. That's no doubt about it. (laughs) And sometimes you need someone like him, too, like someone you respect. Yeah, you do. You know, it can't come from the same source. You know, if you're a kid, you don't want to hear your mom. Or dad calling you on your shit no. all the time. Your buddy's calling you, feels uncomfortable. It's just like, all right, lay off. You know, when your wife's doing it, it's nagging. But when you have somebody in that position that you respect, that, you know, kind of take the time to just go out and just make the call and just, hey, I'm worried about you. Sometimes that's enough to say. Right, all right yeah. Well, he's taking the time to kind of reach out to do that. This, this is, there's something I need to kind of look. And, and as human beings, our first instinct and Travis, I, I know as a, speaking from a guy, this is how a lot of guys, I don't know about you, Crystal, but whenever somebody pins anything on us and, and kind of calls us on it, our first instinct is to deflect and find a way to throw it back at you. You know, we get very defensive nope. when we call on something that we're, that we're uh, kind of ashamed of or self-conscious about. So, you know, I don't think I could have received that message at that time from anybody without deflecting it. I think it had to be for someone like Paige to uh, kind of – to call me on it and actually kind of internalize it as well as meaning as anyone else could be. I think anyone else, it would have been a situation where I deflected it and tried to throw something back at them. And you know what, now knowing what I know, because I've been in the um, atmosphere of the performance center and all that stuff, I, I understand more now who's going to argue with them. I'm not going <laughs> to argue with Dallas. Not even nope. maybe. Nope. Yeah, he's he's a six no foot five, he's sixty something year old man. Which you know, normally I'd be like, I'm thirty five, I'm sixty five, I can take him. I can't take him. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't take him either. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, no, go ahead, man. 
No, no, I was just, I was just gonna say I wouldn't, I wouldn't even want to even try. You know, I'm, I'm still, I'm, <laughs> nope. I'm still waiting for the time I go down there and they, uh, they throw the chops on me or whatever. But you know, it's, it, which will happen sometime soon. You know, I'm just gearing up. For I it. still have Dallas's handprints on my chest. Hell, if I ever need to open up a cell phone, I can just grab it and put it on my chest, and the fingerprints will open it up for me. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah. Well, so I appreciate you calling, man, and checking in, and, and and it was good to hear from you, man. I appreciate you asking about everything. It's yeah. really good, and, and I haven't been as open about my journey this time around. Not that I'm not proud about it, but I think instead of posting about all my successes and gloating, like you said, I think it's time to keep my head down and prove myself before I can go out there and start just show the button like, hey, I lost this, I lost that. So I'm kind of keeping a lot of it close to the chest. But when it comes time yeah. to like kind of just you know share it all in, in one on one big data dump of Mike's life, <laughs> it'll be um, it'll be cool to talk about. But I am I'm trying to stay more humble this time. I think a lot of it beforehand was I, I lost a lot and I had a lot of success with it really quickly. And when you think like that, you're on top of the world. So then when you kind of come crashing down a little bit, it's harder to kind of uh, to kind of uh, show up and yeah. share between your legs. Yeah, yeah. You got to be able to do it for you because that's ultimately that's you're not doing it for anybody else. You, I mean, you're you're kind of doing it for Katie because I'm sure she'd like to keep you around, you know. Um, but uh, ultimately, I don't know if she, you don't do she, it. She increased the insurance. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, she's quite a few oh, okay. insurance, life insurance plans in the past year. I don't know if that's what that's. <laughs> Think about Chippendale's relatives she's going to miss out on, though. Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah we'll do it. <laughs> it's, it's not Chippendale's when I do it. It's tipping scales. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much, you, go, you guys. We appreciate calling. You bet. Talk to you later. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, oh, guys. Right. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Hi, man. <laughs> Take care, man. Oh, I apologize. I'm try. Usually on my rig here, I have a uh, cough mute button, and I'm trying to set up my new system because I have all kinds of new crap, and I'm trying to hook up to this, and I don't have my cough mute thing anymore. So I've I've got a little bit of cold, anyways. It's just been allergies or something stuffy down here. So I apologize for coughing for this entire show. Oh my gosh, we get to listen to you hack up a lung. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh. I'm trying so to use the, w- the mute button on my line here. Oh my. Um, I was flipping around um, watching wrestling the other day, and I know everyone always says, oh, you know, you talk about wrestling, but I just wanted to give a shout out to Becky Lynch. Um she got hit really hard and I know exactly how much this hurts. So I, uh, I'm sending her my love and I hope that, you know, your face heals really quickly. Man, I, I admittedly, I haven't watched any wrestling since WrestleMania and that tends to be the thing. I usually make a point to watch the Royal Rumble and watch WrestleMania because, you know, I love the Royal Rumble and I think WrestleMania is, of course, much watch TV. But oh yeah, I don't really watch much wrestling anymore, but 
being on Facebook and, and Twitter and stuff, you kind of get a sense of what's going on because people are sharing stuff and clipping things. And all I've been hearing about is, is Becky Lynch and, and, and her run right now. Oh, which yeah, you know, I, I got to admit, and this and this is gonna make me sound probably bad, but when the women's revolution thing first came out, it seemed almost pandering, uh, like they were doing it to get in the newspapers, and it seemed like. Yep. They were kind of, yep. you know, it seems almost disingenuous is the word I was looking for. And, and I'm, I didn't have much faith in the fact that they let it be much more than a kind of a viral sensation type of thing. And once I started seeing the girls that they brought up from NXT and started seeing how hard those girls are working, I'm like, wow, these girls are, are better, if, if not better than any of the guys. Because um, the, the women's wrestling that I grew up with, I didn't find believable because in maybe because I'm a guy, the way the women's arms looked like were lanky and they were long and slim. So it's hard for things to look tight, like, you know, holding in, putting a hold in where you get those long skinny arms didn't look like much. Yeah. So I kind of wasn't yeah. a fan of women's wrestling at first. And then I see these girls coming in and they're just, I mean, they're not divas. They're not models that they're bringing in and teaching how to train. Those are girls who wanted to be pro wrestlers that got in there with guys like yeah. Lance Storm or, or guys like you know, Harley Race or, down, or the best schools in the business, and they went in and they lost from the ground up. They weren't models brought in on a big contract. They were, you know, scrappy indie wrestlers who just, you know, worked their way up. And those girls are crushing it right now. And it's to the point where oh. if I'm tuning in, they're the best segment on, on the show. Like, the stuff I'm seeing online, I'm like, this is unbelievable. I can't believe that in – it sounds bad, but I could, you know – with the history I have watching women's wrestling, I can't believe that they've taken that star and, and they've taken that time and just owned it like that. It's, it's really awesome and it's inspiring. Yeah, it's really something. So I try and keep pretty much up to date on, you know, what's going on. And, and I watched the other night and I seen her get hit and I thought, oh boy. And sure enough, when she came back up and she was, looking worse for wear. <laughs> oh my goodness. And then knowing oh, did she, did she exactly. For real? Oh yeah. I believe it was Tamina that hit her. Oh, or maybe wow. it was Nia Jax. One of them. One of them hit her and she busted up her face pretty good. Wow. Those girls are tough. So, uh, give me, uh, oh sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so I have busted the orbital bone in my face so I know what it feels like and I heard somewhere along the lines today that Becky has a busted orbital bone Ooh, it hurts man yep and I yeah that's, with her nose that's rough yeah 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 she maybe she'll, maybe she'll go pretty uh, good wrestle in that Brutus Beefcake mask from Wrestlemania it was like <laughs> nine or ten or right or that big titanium Brutus Beefcake mask yeah, I do. Cool. Uh, yeah, but they? no, that's yeah. those girls are, are super tough. Like, and you know, I, I watch some of the bumps they take, and you know, uh, you, you could probably talk about this more than I can because I don't have that kind of uh, hardware inside of me. But um, you know, uh, you wonder because the female bodies are obviously built differently biologically than, than male bodies. You know, a lot of reproductive stuff, and some of those bumps I'm seeing them take, I'm like. I don't even know if that's like if that's really good for the female body or what, but 
it may not be healthy at all. Probably no bump ever is ever healthy, but those girls are so tough. And it's so weird because, you know, the women's wrestling of WWE, the diva searches and stuff were always kind of just fluff and they, they barely did anything. And, you know, they're out there hitting with these pillows and stuff. And it was very disrespectful, to be honest with you. Right. Looking back right. now with, uh, with time and wisdom, you look at those things and you cringe. I'm like, that's kind of, that's really disrespectful to those girls that were out there. But, Man, they're not even—they're not even on the level with the guys anymore. They've—they've they've risen above them, and it's not just a novelty; it's the—it's the show. And I mean, you have heard it from Dallas just as much as you know we all have. You can't fake gravity. There's <laughs> no, there's no way, I, right? Yeah. I think I think it's the kind of like a payback for all the the, the shit that we put the women's wrestling through over the years in the WWE. They should make uh, Brock Lesnar and, like, Samoa Joe wrestle in the main event of the Gravy Bowl bikini match or something. Like, throw them in a Gravy Bowl <laughs> for the world title or, or a lingerie pillow fight or something. Brock Lesnar. Oh, awesome. It's like, now you guys try it. You guys are, aren't the main yeah. event now. These guys are taking over. But, uh, <laughs> no, that's awesome. And, you know, it really is. It's cool. And it's not, it's not coming from – it no longer feels disingenuous, like I said. Sometimes at first it felt like they were doing it to kind of get that Twitter, you know, post like, "Hey, look, we got women in the main right, event." Right, right. You know, to kind of it's not disingenuous. It's not. It's just it's they're owning it and they deserve that spot because they're the hottest they're the hottest act in town. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know it's really interesting because of what we do. We are kind of you know a little bit in the cornerstone of just seeing all this stuff that goes on. And it's really, really um, nice to see that they have been given a chance to prove that, you know, they can do it too. And it's really, it really is amazing. It's, I think it's great. You no, know, for, for real. And uh, the Rousey has been crushing it. I mean, I go shocked at her first match. I mean, she's, she's just yeah. a hell of an athlete and, yeah, it's 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 really exciting to see, and it's kind of you know it's going to be exciting to see where it goes in the future, especially now that I you know, those girls all grew, those girls grew up all watching those gravy bowl lingerie matches, and they became right. like warriors. And it's going to be exciting to see what the next generation of girls who grow up like kind of idolizing people it's like Becky Lynch and Bailey and Sasha Banks and Ronda Rousey. See much to see how badasses those girls can be, you know, going forward. Yeah. Yeah, and I really wasn't sure about the whole Ronda Rousey thing, but she's adjusted really, really well. So I'm really, you know, I'm really proud of her. And I'm a UFCer, you know, so I get it, but I just, I don't know. I thought it was a bit too much of a leap, but she's really done very well. No, for for real, and it's such a completely different, um, it's a completely different art form. Like everything you're instinctively sure taught. In multiple in, 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 in ultimate fighting and stuff, it's completely the opposite. Instead of trying to end your opponent, you're trying to take care of them. And, you know, it's a real different – it's like learning a different language and then speaking it on the biggest stage of them all in a short amount of time. So uh, a lot of props um, for them. Um, yeah, And for Rhonda, because, you know, she's been putting in the work too. You know, people will talk about her, you know, big money contract. And she deserves a big money contract. She's a big money name, brought a lot of eyes to the product. She's a big mainstream superstar, and if she wanted to, she could come in there, have somebody roll her bag, roll her bags in, have her own dressing room, 
Get her out there, sure. do her thing, take a little amount of effort as possible, go home and collect a paycheck. And I'm sure she probably would do just as well with the company financially. But she's not. She's down there working hard. She's busting her ass. And if to bring this back to kind of DDP yoga, that's the mentality that Paige has had since the start, and that's the mentality Rhonda's had. She could coast off of what she has. Paige could have coasted off that sure. WCW contract sure. back in 1999. He could have invested it wisely. He could have coasted on that money. Probably had a pretty comfortable life for the rest of his days. But people like Paige and people like Ronda Rousey, and there's a certain level of human being that just won't accept just, uh, you know, coasting on their accomplishments. There's always another bar to reach or another brass ring. Um, and it's what he's designed EPO to be. There's always some place to go. There's always a new move to try. There's always a new goal to achieve. And with Ronda and with Paige, it all kind of ties together. And you look at these successful people who are just crushing it physically and crushing it, you know, financially and business-wise and just everything. They have that mentality, that drive to just keep pushing forward and not coast and not stop and just go for that next level at all costs. Right. And I think it's really important that you touched on, Mike, in all these people, what they have in common, and it's something, you know, that we can all take a piece of. It's really, really important to show up. You can't half-ass this. You've got to do it. You've just got to do it. You can't think your way through everything. Sometimes you're just going to have to show up and do it. I mean, really. And this is what Dallas has always reminds me of, you know, when we talk or, you know, it's important to show up. It doesn't matter, you know, how you show up or in what capacity, but as long as you show up. That's it's so true. And, and so many people like that, so many people who are successful here, they just show up. You know, it becomes autopilot. It becomes, I got to brush my teeth. I got to shower. I got to sleep. I got to do DDP, a DDPY. I'm right? So yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, just, it becomes <laughs> that routine. And I'm such a thoughtful person, and not I'm not trying to put myself over, but like thoughtful in the ways of, I overthink everything. My mind is constantly just it's I mean if you saw what's happening in my mind, it's exhausting. Just constantly thinking I, I, I it works for me in a lot of places because I'm an idea guy. I have a lot of good ideas, or I come up with creative ideas, but my mind is always going. So when you tell me something, I'm processing all the outcomes in my head. And sometimes to be successful that works, but sometimes to be successful you need to know when to just shut that off and go on autopilot because right. They say you can't lie to yourself. That's bullshit. I can lie to myself all day long. I can have a situation that I know is good for me, and I can find a way to convince myself that that's not going to be the right move. And I've done that before. I put the mat down. I go to work out, and my mind will start convincing me, oh, today's a day off. You know, you worked hard this week. Oh, don't forget this is on tonight. You should watch that. Oh, well, you're going to be busy this weekend, so you might want to rest up. And So your mind will have a way of sabotaging you. It works for you and against you. And I think that ability to just shut it off and just get on the mat and start without, you know, seeing your inner saboteur, I think that's important too. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I think it was really important. I can only speak for me because I'm obviously the only one inside my head half the time. But um, I had to know it was really important for me not to know all the steps to the process. I just had to resign myself to actually doing what I had to do 
in order to get where I wanted to be, possibly six months down the road or three months down the road. or It didn't matter. It, just something beyond the moment I was in. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? No, yeah, for sure. I you know, just change had up, to, change yeah. When you know what's coming, you know, you, you kind of just go into that autopilot mode and it's easy to slide off. Yeah, and I've learned from my time being here, I'm completely a confrontational person. <laughs> so if somebody if somebody tells me I can't do something, you know I'm going to bend over backwards to try and do it. I just, oh, really? That's yeah. a hell of a tool. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's... Katie, if she wants me to get a chore done and I'm trying to slack on it, her job is she her line is, Yeah, you won't do that. You're not even gonna remember. And then I'll be like, Well, I'll remember. I'll show you up. And I know that she's messing with me, but just the fact that she put it in the form of a challenge just completely just, Right. <laughs> oh, don't tell me I won't do that. <laughs> right? Oh, that's and, and that's <laughs> so but my trigger is, yeah, you can't do it. So that's my well, trigger. If someone says, you, no, you can't do it, <laughs> you want to bet? Yeah, and I'll find a way. So I think and, it's important you know, that why... we all know. Go ahead, Mike. No, for sure. No, I'm saying that's why you've been here for, for how many, seven, eight years now. It's because you yeah. refuse to just accept what other people tell you is, is what your acceptable statuses you know you keep you keep finding your way when it gets hard when it gets right. stressful when it gets physically straining you find your way I mean it was right it was really hard in the beginning because you know and it, excuse the analogy but you know in the beginning of this whole DDPY process I felt very much like a puppy on the porch you know you just kind of bark at everything that goes by and you just kind of Eventually, you know, through time and through persistence and, you know, you get to turn into a big dog and go into the yard and, you know, it, it, I don't know, it's been an amazing process, but you kind of, I think I learned along the way, you got to kind of get out of your own way and you got to be aware of when you need to step back or step ahead or you just have to know eventually what's right for you because really no one knows what's right for you but you. Mhm. Yeah. Well said. Very well said. Yeah. Um, we got a, a, just Thank a couple you. minutes left here before we we close out the show. Um, you know, you would put something in there too, and obviously Happy Thanksgiving. I, I'm I'm assuming we're probably going to be on next week, but I'm not sure because of. Thanksgiving break, we'll figure that out and see who's around, see if we can pull a guest together or what. But if we don't talk to you for Thanksgiving, make sure you have a happy, healthy, uh, productive Thanksgiving. Remember, it's one meal. If you, if you kind of mess up or, or let yourself down a little bit, it's one meal. It doesn't have to be the entire holiday season. Sometimes we start having a rough Thanksgiving, and that's like kind of a pass to just, well, the whole Christmas season is a, is a wash. It doesn't happen. And yep. I guarantee you'll wake up on January 1st, and you'll be like, what the hell did I do? So, We'll talk about that in the upcoming weeks, too. Just remember that, you know, a, a bad meal or a stumble doesn't have to be a complete fall down the stairs. It's just a stair. It's just right. a day. It's just a meal. Pick yourself up, pop on the mat the next day, and uh, you'll be all right, I promise. And you talked some this, Crystal. Um, sometimes when you're doing DPO for a long time, you kind of know what's coming. You know the, the next move. You know the next 
position. So I was going to kind of give a little helpful uh, hints uh, that I found helpful. Sure. Um, if you have a loved one or something that's kind of just in that rhythm of uh, just kind of going on autopilot and not paying attention to the workout because it's just so second nature. Next time when they go to do their workout, rub their mat down with baby oil before they get on. It'll be <laughs> really interesting real quick. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Make sure you get it on video, though. Go viral. Send up care of Mike Mullins at DDP Yoga. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! I think you should do a disclaimer. The opinions of Mike Mullins at DDP Radio do not necessarily reflect on DDPY and Diamond Dallas Page. Oh, <laughs> Any pending so awesome. lawsuits due to the baby oil incident revolves around Mike Mullins only. Oh, uh, and yeah. so awesome! Uh, well, anyways, we have three minutes left. Left, so let's close this. Uh, Better now with a quote from the Canadian sure. quote master herself, uh, Crystal Stewart, and let's get ourselves out of here. Sure. This quote, I don't know who it's from, but I'll give whoever wrote this props, so it's a good one. Maybe life isn't about avoiding the bruises. Maybe it's about collecting the scars to prove we actually showed up for it. Oh, I love it. That's awesome. Not to kind of just to piggyback on that real quick. Um, I I love that quote because it's so topical to something we were just literally talking about this week. I was with uh, the in-laws, we went to the family uh, for a function there the other night, and I have my wedding ring, and it's very plain. I kind of wanted just a plain wedding ring because I figured all those like style ones are going to go out of style eventually, and just a solid band I think is, is cool and old school and stuff. But I was someone looked at my ring and they're like, It's so dirty, it's worn, you should you should get it kind of scrubbed down and I was thinking about maybe going to a jeweler and getting it like shined up neat and I'm like, But what's a better symbol for, yeah. for kind of just going the distance with somebody, a better a marriage or something than having a worn ring. We've seen all kinds of action, good times, bad times, been in the dirt, been in the mud, been in the wash. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think a, a well used ring and a well used body and a well used you know, the life uh, it has scars, it has dings, it has scratches, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's it's kind of like a receipt for all your experiences. So I love that you chose that one this week. You know, and I think it just boils down to really, really quickly for me, it is better to be weathered than polished. Well, let's uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's get weathered together on GDP Radio because uh, – I'm, I'm pretty Amen. weathered myself. So it's <laughs> the journey. Thank you so much, Crystal. I hope you guys have a great uh, Thanksgiving. If we don't see you, I know you guys have a different Thanksgiving, but I hope you have a We've, a great Canadian maple syrup are, festival of the stars or whatever you may do this week. You crazy. We've already Canadian. had Thanksgiving, right? It was in October. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll right. ship the turkey to you uh, via via Raleigh, North Carolina. Thank you so much. Have a great week, Crystal. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. You too. And until then, remember to never ever give up. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks for listening. This has uh, been a wacky, off the wall show. Nothing planned. Nothing focused. But that's what we do here. We just uh, call it on the fly. Thanks, Crystal. See you guys. 
kicked it today, man. That was a great workout, man. The power bomb set up by Page. Oh! Into the diamond cutter. I don't believe it. Diamond wow. cutter out of the power bomb. We're going home. You've been listening to DDP Radio. Tune in again next week for another edition of DDP Radio with more great guests, inspiration, and news from Diamond Dallas Page and Team DDP Yoga. Keep up all the great work, and most importantly, own 